know, it's never really about the food. It's always about the emotions. And when we address those emotions and we start to change our beliefs, we can shift our focus away from weight to one of health and energy, which I think is so, so important. You're listening to the High Performance Health Podcast, helping you optimize your health, performance, and longevity. My name is Angela Foster, and I'm a former corporate lawyer turned high performance health coach. Each week, I bring you cutting edge biohacks, inspiring insights, and high performance habits to unlock optimal health, performance, and longevity. So excited that you've chosen to join me today. Now let's dive in. Hi, friends. We're celebrating today. It is the 300th episode of High Performance Health. I can't quite believe it as I'm saying it. It's just been such a joy recording this podcast. It's something I love and look forward to every single week. And I mean, interviewing the world's best experts on health and high performance is just such an honor and a privilege and to bring this to you. And I am just so grateful to you, my lovely listeners, for supporting the show um, and tuning in each week. I just absolutely love bringing you this content. And so I thought what I would do today is actually to summarize some of the things that I've learned from the last 300 episodes and share those kind of nuggets with you and also how I am integrating them into my everyday life. So let's dive into what I've learned from 300 episodes. The first thing I'm going to share with you is actually something I learned from Dr. Tara Schwartz. And this is very timely because I recently recorded a podcast on Dr. Tara's show, Reinvent Yourself, and it came out this week. So you can go and listen to that. And that's all about my story and my journey through depression and burnout. Uh, It was an amazing conversation that we had together. And I just so value her insights from her experience as a neuroscientist and psychiatrist. Dr. Tara is also the best-selling author of the book, The Source, which was very influential in my own journey, um, recovering from burnout and depression. And she is a master of all things manifestation. And what I love about Dr. Tara is she helps the science meet with the kind of spiritual world of manifestation and shares the neuroscience of how it works. And I've learned so much from her. And that's what I really wanted to share with you today is the way that I've been using this in my own life. So Tara has a four-step process in terms of manifestation and how the brain works in relation to this. And the first thing is to start with what you really want. So she talks about writing down what you really, really want and creating a vision board, although she calls it an action board, which I think is very apt because we're not going to attract everything into our life necessarily just by kind of putting it on a board and doing nothing about it. What we want to do is to visualize what we want and then take steps to help us achieve it. And we want to surrender and let the universe help us along the way and be open to that. But we do want to take positive steps and action towards it. So the first thing she says is to start what you really want and to create this action board. And then the second step is focused attention. So that is about directing your attention to what you really want to achieve and only that. Um, And really replacing any kind of negative thoughts or conversations in your head about you not being able to do it with focused, positive attention about the steps that you're taking. I'll go through the steps and then I'll show you how I've been implementing them in my life. The third step is then deliberate practice. So this is about making sure you're acting in a certain way. So you're deliberately taking that focused attention and acting in a certain way to achieve those results. And deliberate practice is correlated with success. In We see that with athletes, we see it with all kind of high performers, entrepreneurs. That's a very, very important part. And then the fourth step is accountability. And what Dr. Tara says is you can have this yourself, which is obviously a bit harder to do. Um, but things like journaling can certainly help you stay accountable every single day. And as I say, I'll share with you how I've been doing that. And you can also have a coach. And I'm very much a big believer 
believer in getting coached. Um, obviously, <laughs> I'm kind of biased being a coach myself, but I am always being coached myself. That's the thing. So I always kind of do as I say, if you like. And so I constantly am being coached in areas of my life because I find that really helps me to stay accountable and also to really up level. I find that I go further than I could go on my own. And so um, accountability is key. Now, with this accountability, what, what she talks about are kind of three things in terms of this neuroplasticity with the brain, which is we need to have selective attention. So that goes back to the focused attention where we're only focusing on the things that we want to achieve. Um, And ancestrally, we are kind of biased towards survival. And that's why sometimes we can feel like we get these sort of anxious thoughts, you know, can I can I really make this happen? Is it really going to be true for me? So we want to selectively keep redirecting our focus and attention on what we want to achieve and what that does is it activates the reticular activation system of the brain and helps to show us things that are more like um in alignment, if you like, with where we want to go. So, and, and, and I shared this with Dr. Tara when we were speaking, because at the time when we did the interview with her um, on my show, which you can go back and listen to, it's episode 212, we were talking about the fact that my daughter was highlighting every time we saw a yellow car and she would kind of tap me. And I was surprised by how many yellow cars there were on the road. We pretty much see one every single day. Um, and this is really that selective filtering. It's a bit like when you're going to buy a car, um, you suddenly realize how many people also have that car. It's because your brain is showing you more of what it now believes to be relevant for you so this is something you can really harness in terms of the power of achieving your goals is by using that selective attention and then your brain will naturally filter out things that are going to help you get closer because yes you can be in the right place at the right time but you need to recognize that you are in the right place at the right time and see these opportunities this is around this sort of concept of you know you you, if you're only looking for bronze coins that's all you're going to see you want to be looking for gold and then you want to value tag those experiences so as you making steps towards what you're achieving you want to tag those positive experiences and this helps you to retrain your brain and your focus into a more positive mindset something that I really had to work on myself when I was coming back from that experience of depression is to actually kind of really add tags to positive experiences and retrain my brain to see more of those positive experiences. Because as I say, the brain selectively filters things for survival. Um, And so in the modern world, we don't need to worry so much about survival. So we want to actively, selectively kind of direct our brain towards things that are positive. And this helps us to put them kind of higher up in terms of the pecking order and helps us to really grasp the opportunities that can help us to achieve our goals. So this is really, really fascinating. What I'm doing here is summarizing what Dr. Tara was talking about in our interview. And if you want to go back and listen to that that episode, it is episode 212. Before we move on to the next insight I'm going to share, the way that I do this, and I like to do this with my clients, is to use a journaling technique that I call is capping off your day. And so the first thing you do in this capping off your day process, and the cap is an acronym, is the first thing is to celebrate your wins. So all the things that went well in your day. And some days it will be something really simple, like you got outside, you got some morning sunlight. Um, you know, other days it will be bigger things. But the key thing is to put you into that positive frame and that you've taken steps towards achieving achieving your goals um, in some way. So you celebrate your wins. If there are lessons along the way, if there are failures, remember these are an important part of success. So we want to learn from them. So we celebrate those in the same way because were it not for those and not for that journey, we wouldn't be where we are today. So we want to celebrate what I call our wins and our learns. The A is appreciate. Again, this is about positivity and appreciating the good things in your life. The more that you appreciate the good things, the more good things start to flow to you. And also it's just 
just such a wonderful way to live your life, to live a life of gratitude. We all have so many things. You know, we may feel in one area that there's things that we want to improve, but in other areas, we're so lucky. And really, really embracing that is such an important part. And it really is correlated with better mental health as well, and also helping with manifestation. So we want to appreciate. Now, I'll do this in my journal. I like to live a life of gratitude and just appreciate things as I'm going along the way. If you're going out for a nature walk, you know, in the morning with my dogs, I'll take photos, for example, or just be present and just really experience it. It's just so lovely when you give your kids a hug or any, you know, friends or family, all of those things should be appreciated. We also like to go around the table in the evening and we'll go around and each of us will say one thing that we really appreciated in our day. Um, So that's a really nice thing to do as a family as well. You can also celebrate your wins together and your learns um, and talk about the challenges and that really helps and it provides a really nice kind of social cohesion and support. Um, So that's the C and the A and then the P is to prioritize tomorrow. And this helps with that focused attention and deliberate practice because what you're doing is you're setting yourself up for another successful day. So when you wake up in the morning, you already know what you're going to do and you've put down your priorities. And Jim Collins always says, if you have more than three priorities, you don't have any. So I would pick the top one to three things that you need to get done the next day. That also gives you a bit of space. So if things come up, you don't feel like you've just got this never ending to-do list. So what I would do is I keep my priority list separate from my capture list so I don't have a to-do list per se what I have is a capture list and so that will capture everything that I need to be done and then I schedule from there those things into my calendar Um, because if it's on my schedule it's going to happen and then the evening before I think about my one to three priorities and if I can get that one thing usually done the next day then I can tick that off and that can be the celebration of that day. So that is kind of the process that I use that helps with this process. But for more information on that, definitely recommend I recommend listening to episode 212 with Dr. Tara. It is so far our most popular episode to date, which is why I wanted to lead with that one. And it's just amazing uh, to really listen to the neuroscience behind manifestation. So the second insight I want to share is kind of slightly connected with this um, because it was very informative for me in terms of my journey with depression and and understanding that I was uh, more at risk for getting that, interestingly, after what I learned here, is the episode that I did a while back with Dr. Sarah E. Hill, who wrote the book, Your Brain on Birth Control. If you haven't listened to this, I highly recommend it. Um, it was absolutely fascinating. And I think all of us should be more informed. I think birth control has been transformational for so many women in terms of helping us decide when we want to have a family um, and controlling that process. But I think there are many, many downsides to taking it, um, including its impact on the microbiome but also interestingly on mental health and while it's not causative what Dr Sarah shares in that episode is that there is um, a large study that was done which showed that there was a greater risk of diagnosis of major depressive disorder which is what I ultimately ended up with over a course of lifetime even if you're no longer taking birth control but you had taken it at one point and personally I was prescribed it from a very young age because I had problems um, with things like PCOS and endometriosis and I took it for many years and I did end up with major depressive disorder now that's not to say that you will but I found this information really really important and there's so much science in her book that she shares and I think it's something we should be aware of as women but also if we have daughters just to really help guide them um, around making decisions like this and finding what might be 
the right choice for them. The pill lowers estrogen. So what it does is kind of flatlines your hormones. Um, and they found really interestingly that women on the pill actually have a diminished desire for facial masculinity. So this can actually affect your choice of partner if you're taking birth control. Um, and Dr. Sarah shares an example of one woman who actually, when she came off birth control, found that she didn't find her husband attractive anymore. And so we don't really yet fully understand all of the things that it's doing. But it was really, really interesting. If you haven't read the book, Your Brain on Birth Control, I really recommend it. But also you can go and listen to the interview that I did with Dr. Sarah, which was very insightful. And she talks a lot about puberty and how we don't really understand fully how taking birth control is influencing the organization of the brain and that it may be best kept until that process, you know, kept away from using it until that process is completed. So really, really interesting. I highly recommend that episode. It was another very popular one and I learned a ton and that is episode 101. So while we're on the topic of mental health and mindset and manifestation, it wouldn't be remiss of me not to touch on resilience, which is an area that I focus on a lot with my own clients and in my biosyncing program. And we measure heart rate variability and we really strengthen women's resiliency as part of that program so that they have high energy every day. And one of the podcasts that I recorded that I learned a lot from, and I know you listeners really, really enjoyed because it was a very popular episode, was my episode with Dr. Danny Gordon, which was episode 214. And Danny Gordon is a real expert in the endocannabinoid system. And that system is responsible for our mood, our balance, our sleep, our appetite, our eating behaviors, and even our response to both trauma and pain. And it's such an interesting episode that I did with her because the endocannabinoid system really is a, both a brain and body balancing system. And what I learned from Dr. Gordon is really how our resiliency fluctuates all the time. And so, and I see that with my clients when we monitor their HRV and things, activities, for example, that can help to build more capacity. It's not just sleep. Sleep is incredible for HRV, but there are also things that you can do in your day when you are in alignment with your highest values that bring you into resonance. And what I see is HRV increasing in those situations. So it's really, really interesting when you start diving into the data and taking assessments and actually understanding what brings you into balance and what helps create greater capacity and resiliency in you because it's really is a superpower when you can do that. But what I learned from Dr. Gordon is just how much that can really fluctuate on a day-to-day -day basis. And so we may just have more capacity to deal with things at sometimes more than others. We know that REM sleep or REM sleep is really important for that emotional regulation. And so getting your sleep dialed in is very, very important. Um, but it also comes down to our energy levels on the day as a whole and our mitochondria. And what she talks about in this episode is instead of bouncing back from things, what we really want to do is bounce forward. So we actually now are armed with greater resiliency after our struggles. She also dives into in that episode um, the differences in terms of full spectrum CBD and broad spectrum CBD. Broad spectrum is mostly kind of pure CBD isolate. And so she talks about how important full spectrum is because it's the other terpenes and things that are complementary that you you want to have there uh, and that full spectrum kind of works better in terms of its ability on the um, to influence the endocannabinoid system and so if you want to find out more about that and the plant chemicals and how these things work and how you can really enhance your resiliency then I highly recommend taking to uh, taking a listen to the episode that I did with her it is episode 214 she also wrote a brilliant book two brilliant books in fact called the CBD Bible and the Re 
resilience blueprint. Um, so those are linked to in the episode itself, but it's episode 214. Really, really interesting if you want to understand more about resiliency, pain, mood, appetite, and how the endocannabinoid system influences it. When we're looking at stress, something that is often underappreciated is just how much that influences our metabolism. And this was highlighted in the episode that I did with Dr. Libby Weaver, another really, really popular episode on balancing hormones, effortless weight loss, and boosting energy. That is episode 105. And in that episode, Dr. Weaver talks about the fact that when we have constantly elevated stress levels, it actually starts to change the fuel that the body perceives a state is safe to use. So when we're under stress, what happens is our body tends to turn to using glucose more as a fuel because it's a fast burning fuel. So if you think that from an ancestral perspective, when we were under stress, we would have been faced with some form of threat, whether we had to fight or flee or hide, and we would have needed glucose to fuel our muscles. The thing is, what our bodies don't know is that we might just be sitting here stressing at our desks, you know, with the ton of emails and all these demands coming in, and actually there's nowhere really to run, but we're still using this glucose as a fuel, and that has profound implications for our long-term metabolic health. And today's modern stress is really creating a pattern of, in, of increased adrenal production. And when we have, sorry, increased adrenaline production. And when we have that increase in adrenaline production, it results in inflammatory compounds being produced. And what happens is cortisol then also rises. Cortisol is anti-inflammatory in nature. And so cortisol will naturally rise as a result and that causes its own problems that can also cause more blood glucose dysregulation. So it's not always, when you're having things like cravings, for example, people immediately think, oh my goodness, you know, I feel really guilty, I shouldn't do that. And unfortunately, this can compound the problems and make it worse. And we don't necessarily stop to think, actually, do you know what, maybe I'm just under loads of stress at the moment and maybe this is my body's way of dealing with it. And if I address that stress actually a lot of these things are going to come back into balance. And I love Dr. Libby Weaver's approach um, because she says, you know, it's never really about the food. It's always about the emotions. And when we address those emotions and we start to change our beliefs, we can shift our focus away from weight to one of health and energy, which I think is so, so important. It's something that I really work on with my clients. If you can just shift that focus away and really focus on giving yourself nourishing food, because as women, you know, there is relentless pressure on us. It's coming from many different angles. And I think that we're so often beating ourselves up. You know, we say things in our head that we would never dream of saying to anyone else. And we're, we're all kind of guilty of this. And I think we need to you know, get, cut ourselves some slack and really become a best friend to ourselves and just bring some curiosity around what's going on. And journaling is one of the best ways to reflect on these things and working with a coach or a practitioner to help you. But just understand that some of these things are emotionally driven and they also affect our sex hormones profoundly. So Dr. Libby Weaver, she's had such a loving approach to all of this. Um, and she's just so interesting to listen to shares so much science about it as a biochemist as well and so if you want to listen to that episode it's episode 105 i highly recommend it and her books um, rushing women's syndrome exhausted to energized and some of the other ones they're amazing amazing reads as well okay so the last episode i want to share with you in my top five is the episode that i did with dr stephen gundry that is episode 216 this was all about unlocking the benefits of the ketogenic diet without actually going keto. Fascinating episode about 
why we might want to go into a state of ketosis, but actually how we can achieve the same results without going into full ketosis. Dr. Gundry talks about the fact that, you know, only 30% of our fuel needs in our muscles are actually met by a ketogenic diet. 70% of that has to come from either glucose or free fatty acids. So even when the brain, when we're in full ketosis, the brain wants about 30 to 40% only um, in terms of fuel as ketones. And in his research, what he dives into is that ketones are actually a signaling compound and they signal our mitochondria to protect themselves at all costs. Now, our mitochondria are the way that we make ATP, which is the energy currency of life. And mitochondria do this by basically coupling oxygen from um, our breathing with protons that are found in food to create ATP. Now, this coupling process can be very damaging to the mitochondria because it creates reactive oxygen species. And so when the pressure gets too high, what happens is the mitochondria uncouple to actually keep them healthy. And this enhances metabolism. It actually boosts your metabolic rate. And as Dr. Gundry says, it turns you from a Prius into a Ferrari while also protecting your health, which has been correlated with energy and longevity. And in his book, he talks about, and in that episode, he talks about all the foods that you can eat that basically help you take advantage of what would be happening in the ketogenic diet without actually going keto. And so they're those top lists of foods that basically help you to uncouple your mitochondria. Really, really interesting podcast. Um, I highly recommend you take a listen to it and then just kind of get those foods and start eating more of them. And most of them are really, really tasty foods. Things that you respect, like, you know, curcumin, for example, but also dark chocolate um, and a whole host of other foods that I love. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like you're making it really easy to actually boost your metabolism. So super fun episode, really, really interesting and just so many benefits from doing things that actually you're probably going to love eating anyway. So that is episode 216. So I hope you enjoyed that roundup. It was very, very difficult to kind of choose the top five out of so many experts that we've had on the show. And it's not to take away from anyone else. Those are the episodes that you as the listeners seem to have enjoyed the most. And I certainly learned a lot from. We pick the kind of top five uh, and give you the insights there. But if you want to go back, we've linked to all of those episodes in the show notes. So you can go back and click and actually listen to the full episodes again. Um, definitely worthy of a re-listen if, you, if you've already listened to them. And I hope those insights were helpful. I just want to say a massive thank you for supporting the show. I absolutely love doing this podcast. And if you aren't already, please like and subscribe so that this just helps to support the show and get the message out to a wider audience so that we can keep bringing you fantastic guests every single week. I hope today's episode inspired you on your journey to vibrant health and high performance. Make sure you check out the show notes for a summary of all the important links to everything we talked about. And if you enjoyed this episode, hit the follow button and share it with a friend or on social media and leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. Remember, achieving high performance health is about getting 1% better each day. So think about one thing you learned from today's episode and start implementing it today and share with me what you learned on social media over at Angela S. Foster. I love hearing from you and connecting with you. Have a beautiful day and always remember you are worthy of your dreams. Mm-hmm.